Have you ever wondered why you can sound pretty good the day before an audition or performance and even feel pretty confident backstage warming up, but then sound like a totally different person when it actually counts? Everyone experiences this gap between performance and practice. So it's totally not just you. Part of the problem is that our practice tends to be skewed heavily towards learning rather than performing, which can help us sound pretty good in the practice room, but this level of playing doesn't always transfer to the stage, where you have to get something right the very first time when the adrenaline has kicked in. If you've wished you could feel more confident on stage and perform more consistently at the level you know you're capable of, or if you've wanted to help your students have a more positive experience on stage, but haven't been quite sure how to make that happen, starting Tuesday, June 18, I'll be teaching a live, online, accelerated two-week class on the most essential mental skills that can make the biggest difference in your practicing and performing. We'll meet twice a week via Zoom and work on a range of exercises and techniques in four essential psychological skill areas together as a group. And to make sure the ideas don't just stay in your head, but actually become consistent habits, I'll show you how to gently integrate these new skills into your or your students' daily practice in manageable, bite-sized pieces alongside a cohort of supportive practice buddies from around the world. Registration is open now through Sunday, June 16 at 11.59 p.m. Pacific. Over 1,500 musicians, educators, and students and learners of all ages have participated in the course already. You can find out what alumni are saying and sign up to join Cohort 18 at bulletproofmusician.com essentials. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. I attend a martial arts class where the rule is that phones must stay in the locker room and never be out near the mats. The rationale being they're a distraction. And if you're distracted, not only does your training suffer, but you can get hurt. The idea is to come to class a little early and spend those minutes getting warmed up, stretching, and transitioning away from work, family, social media, and whatever else is happening in life so you can be 100% present and focused on training. All of which makes perfect sense, of course. But is this really that big a deal? Like, is social media really as distracting or detrimental to our learning and performance as teachers and coaches often make it out to be? I mean, how different is engaging in a little WhatsApp and Instagram-based socializing from socializing in person with our classmates before class? A team of researchers recruited 25 high-level swimmers, all female, with an average age of about 22 years old. They were all training about five days per week on average and about 16 hours per week with almost six years of national and regional level competition experience. They were randomly assigned to one of two groups, but matched on age, experience, and preferred swimming event to ensure that the two groups were roughly comparable. And then to find out what level of performance each of the swimmers was starting from, all participants were put through a variety of tests, ranging from tests of explosiveness and power to measures of endurance, mental fatigue, and swimming performance in the 50-meter, 100-meter, and 400-meter distances. Then they all went through the same exact eight-week in-season training program, consisting of 40 sessions where they worked on various physical, technical, and strategic skills. 
The only difference between the two groups was what the swimmers did in the last 30 minutes before each practice. Half the swimmers, the control group, watched a series of videos about the history of the Olympic Games for 30 minutes. The other group, on the other hand, the social media group, they were allowed to use WhatsApp, Facebook, and Instagram in only those three apps for 30 minutes before practice. So the big question was, would how the swimmers spent their last 30 minutes before practice have any effect on swimming performance eight weeks later? At the end of the study period, eight weeks later, the researchers set up another mock competition, just like in week one, where swimmers competed with each other in the 50 meter, 100 meter, and 400 meter freestyle races, set up just as they would be at an actual meet. There was no difference between the groups in how much their times improved in the 50 meter race, but there was a significant difference between the groups when it came to the 100 meter and 400 meter races, with only the control group improving their times from week one to week 10. The swimmers in the control group also improved various measures of endurance and rated training sessions as being less taxing than the swimmers in the social media group. The swimmers in the social media group also reported more mental fatigue at the end of the 10-week period. So the gist is that avoiding social media apps in the last 30 minutes before training seemed to lead to greater improvements over the course of eight weeks of training in both endurance and swimming performance. But why would this be? The researchers think that the key factor in this equation is mental fatigue. Previous studies in this area suggest that activities like playing video games and social media can increase mental fatigue, partly because these activities require sustained attention and focus, but also because watching videos and pictures of distressing news in the world can increase our stress. And having to see friends' accomplishments, announcements, and photos of food that we wish we could be eating makes us feel insecure or envious and essentially put us out of an optimal headspace for training effectively. Because having to push all this stuff to the background of our thoughts while we try to focus on training can be pretty tiring and take energy away from the work at hand. Which seems to be reflected in the fact that the social media swimmers consistently rated training sessions as being more tiring and taxing than those who just watched, presumably, some emotionally neutral documentaries before practice. The research here is still in the early stages, so take this with a grain of salt, but the researchers suggest that it's probably a good idea to stay away from social media before training, ideally for at least 30 minutes before practice, if not two hours before practice. And why two hours? Well, technically that's how long the swimmers were asked to avoid social media before practice. Except for the social media group, of course, which broke their social media diet in the last 30 minutes before practice began. I suppose it's a little trickier in music when practice sessions are broken up into smaller chunks spread out over the course of a day, but maybe this is something worth trying at least before lessons and rehearsals. And heck, even when it does come to daily practice, if taking even 10 to 15 minutes to transition away from our phones before practicing could make for more engaged practice that feels less mentally fatiguing and leads to more meaningful improvements over time, I suppose that would probably be a worthwhile trade to make. And speaking of more engaged practice, has it been difficult to keep your students motivated to practice in the absence of the regular kinds of live performances or auditions they are accustomed to? Or are students experiencing even more nerves around taping auditions and performances because there haven't been as many opportunities to practice this skill? Well, if adding a few new tools to your toolbox and brainstorming ideas with a bunch of thoughtful, curious, like-minded educators sounds like it might be pretty handy right about now, you may be interested in the upcoming series of workshops I'm running in October. 
specifically October 9, 16, 23, 30, and November 6th. I'll show you how I present effective practice skills and strategies for managing nerves and getting into the zone to students in my classes, and there will be worksheets and activities you can steal and use with your own students, small and large group mastermind sessions, and perhaps a few random cat videos, but all spread out in a manageable sort of way so it doesn't get too overwhelming. Teachers who have participated in this workshop series have reported seeing some pretty awesome changes in their students. So if you're a tiny bit intrigued, you can see what they're saying and get all the details at bulletproofmusician.com essentials. You can find links to this week's study and other resources at bulletproofmusician.com blog. And if you found the episode helpful, please share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think might also enjoy experimenting with this during the coming week.